gates. 3. The Bregu and his closest advisors had convened in the Alciel. This building was unlike the Heysiel, which had been designed for large, formal convocations. Instead, the sole purpose of the Alciel was to accommodate small meetings like this one, between the Bregu and his council of the few. As such, the building was a traditional roundhouse of modest size, consisting of a single room with low benches arrayed around a central fire pit. Under the stewardship of this particular Bregu, few meant five, although historically this number could change depending on circumstances, as well as on the whims of the Bregu himself. Tonight, however, only four of the five were huddled around the fire. Both the Bregu and the Drew enjoyed quarters adjoining the Alciel. Tonight, however, the Drew had arrived first. The old Drew house was, along with the Scorpion Gate, one of the rare buildings in the Vale constructed using sacred oak. It had been located next to the Alciel for as long as any of the Doyen could remember. Given that the Drews were an ancient sect that had acted as political advisors and counsellors to the Bregu for generations. However, advancing years and weary bones gave the old owl more than one reason to savour his proximity to the Breg. On the next bench was the Ardslanaha, Sinead, the Veal's leading healer. Despite the heat from the fire, she kept her cloak on, which left her torque of office gleaming in the flickering light. Although the torque was a gold alloy, her position was actually indicated by the design, a twisted band with holly and berry studs at either end. It was believed that the healing caste, the Slanaha, were not only custodians of the physical body, but of the spiritual body as well. As chief healer, the current Ard Slanaha earned her place on the few because she was entrusted with the spiritual well-being of the settlement itself. She too was of advancing years, having midwifed at the birth of the Bregu himself over 40 years ago. The last in attendance was Cregan, the leather master. He was of an age with the Bregu and was the newest addition to the few. He had gained this place following his election to the Garad, the Council of the Many. Cregan had been elected by the Veal's merchants and tradespeople, but so effectively, and inconveniently, had he represented their interests that he had earned an appointed place at the Bregu's side, if only so that the chief could keep a closer eye on him. Indeed, Cregan didn't know it, but it had in fact been the Drew's idea to contrive a place for him on the few. The four sat together in silence, the Bregu jabbing impatiently at the fire. Ahem, croaked the Drew, anxious to begin proceedings. Are we all here? The Drew's eyesight may have been fading, but he knew very well who was in attendance and who was not. I assume the captain will not be joining us. As you well know, the captain is hosting a welcome party at the Scorpion Gate, replied the Bregu, meeting the Drew's feeling eyes across the last of the flames. The atmosphere in the room was tense. Ah, yes, and I might understand that the captain's little shindig has an unusual guest of honour. You heard the bear's report, just like I did, retorted the Bregu. It's obviously the cleric. Who else would it be? The chief was not in the mood to entertain the Drew's clumsy banter. I agree, declared Cregan delicately. The Bregu and his sage have shrewdly identified whom the captain is entertaining, he nodded respectively in their direction before continuing. I have no doubt that the captain will mollify the situation expertly. However, if there are those that find themselves misused by the encounter, I am equally sure that our graceful art Slanaha will restore and revive them, body and soul. Goddess, mused Sinead, Cregan has opened his mouth once and managed to flatter every member of the few. 
including one of our number who isn't even here. He has also failed to get to the point, she smiled. It seems to me the silky shopkeep can peddle more than just leatherwork. Alas, she thought. Honeyed words won't sway the brag, Tanner. Watch. Bears, called the Ardslana, laughing. Bears, find our beloved captain, rescue him from this shindig of his, and have him check the treasure chamber. I'll vouch the silver stockpile is short, because the treasonous young leathermaster has clearly smelted himself a new tongue. As Shanid had predicted, the Bregi enjoyed that. <laughs> Very good, he barked, laughing. <laughs> I've said it before, but you must take heed of the Ard. She's got the knack for badinage. And you, Cregan, she got you there, you leathery lickspittle. You're new, merchant, grinned Shanid, and I'm in no doubt that you'll learn. But we Slanaha know our business well, and we have a trick or two in our apothecary's satchel to keep the boss on side. He's a crafty craftsman, volunteered the Drew, not quite hitting the mark. This one, however, will never have the knack, Shanid reflected dryly. For an awkward moment, the four sat together in silence. Now, Sinead, ventured the leather master gamely, breaking the brittle silence. You're the midwife here, so I'll defer to you on this. But that remark from our esteemed companion there, that, that crafty craftsman lark, is that what we might call a stillborn rejoinder? The Bregu snorted, then burst out laughing, obliging the healer to follow suit. Even the Drew managed a wan smile. Bawdy rather than funny thought Sinead, behind a fake smile. But he got the Bregg's attention. Not bad. He is a quick study. I'll need to watch him closely. If his hands are as quick as his wits, we at least know how he fills the silver, offered the Drew, in a last-ditch attempt to see a face. Okay, exclaimed the Bregger in an encouraging, not to say patronising tone. Not bad. Wise one, not bad, he grunted. Just please don't hurt yourself. He added, chuckling. <laughs> well done, everyone. You know your brag. I feel better able to tackle this business by the gate already. Now, all of you, his tone shifted. Either shut your babble or tell me what I want to do. Yes, Bragg. Well, what I'd like to know is how our guests survived the weld. Shanid asked the others, seriously. But a shadow passed over the Drew's face. That's not the issue, added the Bregu curtly. No, agreed Cregan. It's not. The issue at hand is what we should do next. Do we know which order he's from? It doesn't matter, interrupted Shanid, reasserting her position with that gentle rebuke. We'll have to greet him formally, regardless. The man has Sumasalis, unless I'm mistaken. Last I heard, the conclave still summon all divine alumna to the capital for their oath-swearing ceremony, no matter which order of the Diorum they're from. That means this is not just a religious predicament. It's a political one. The Ard's intellect and insight were her primary strengths, and she was determined to show this. The Drew, however, had a different agenda. Suma Salas, he scoffed. We don't even know who this wandering infidel is, Brig. It is obviously the infidel's responsibility to present his bona fides to you. We, that is, you, should not scrimp and scrape because some stranger washed up on the banks of the moor adorned in priestly garb. The Drew were from an ancient sect and regarded the contemporary religions as a rather vulgar novelty, despite their centuries of practice. Existing for millennia compelled the Drew to think in almost geological time. 
At times, they managed to tolerate these groups, but privately, they considered them nothing more than state-sponsored upstarts. Now, the Drew continued, at his best when delivering solemn admonitions, as to the odds implication that a political predicament is more serious than a religious one, I would like to register my displeasure and disappointment that this view would be shared by such an illustrious servant. That is not what I meant, Bragg, and the Drew knows it, countered the Ard hotly. Enough, the Breggy broke in. It's late, and we are all clearly tired. I'm not sure whether this is primarily a political or a religious dilemma. Frankly, I'm rarely sure of the difference. The one thing I can guarantee is this. Bickering will leave me less prepared for my engagement with our guest, whenever it is we decide that should be. Once again, I agree with the Bregu, chimed in the Leathermaster. In fact, as ever, I find I agree with much of my colleague's counsel. The Ard rolled her eyes. We have to greet him as though he were an emissary from the capital. That's true. However, the Drew was quite right. We are doin. We do not scrimp for anyone. So, why don't we let the captain provide the hospitality of his garrison tonight? The capital think the people of the provinces are ignorant rubes anyway. Let's lean into that reputation. After all, how would we know any better? And if it comes to it, and we have to defend our decision to a magistrate, or, or a tribunal, we can point to our recent tragic history to justify our trepidation. Finally, and this is the most convenient part, friends, Sawin begins tomorrow, and with it this year is the choosing. We could grant him an illustrious welcome then. I like that, added Chenid. I like that a lot, Bregg. We're hardly scrimping if all the pageantry is a traditional part of the choosing celebration. That way you, Bregu, will not appear subservient to an imperial envoy. What does the truth think? For a heretic? I like the garrison, Bregg. It might teach him some respect, and better convey our priorities to the goddess. You do not have the measure of their arrogance, I fear. You do not have the measure of their arrogance, I fear. This one will interpret your largesse as propitiation. Propitiation of his conclave, and propitiation of his gods. You will profane Sawin, and profane the choosing, by granting him an audience here. Not only will the goddess turn her eyes from us, but citizens will soon swarm through the veil like a plague. The bread coughed as he stood up from his bench. The other stood with him, waiting patiently for the Drew to rise. Thank you, Drew. I value your uh, candor, but I have feared that the goddess can decipher our genuine intent, he sighed. Well, I'm sure it wouldn't seem like it to an outsider, but I think the few have reached an agreement, at least about one thing. He's not granted an audience tonight, this cleric. That's good. It was already my preference. I also detect a compromise about tomorrow. It's the garrison tonight, at the captain's pleasure. Then a meeting with the few before the choosing ceremony tomorrow. Let's say noon. We'll see then what tidings have been smuggled into our home. After that, I'll decide what to do with him. But we will most likely have to provide him with an honored position at the feast. For now, I'll send a bear to the captain immediately, detailing our plans for the cleric. The last thing we need is the captain wandering into the LCL at any moment with our guest there in tow and in shackles. He guffawed at the thought, then settled himself. Remember, Council, tomorrow is a monumental day. As ever, we serve the people, and their numbers will grow thanks to the choosing. It is rare that Sawin and the choosing fall on the same day. But this is an auspicious thing. Sawin marks the beginning of the dark half. So more Doeen can only be a boon to us. 
I would also like to thank each of you for your service tonight. This meeting is adjourned. At that, three of the few left, the breaker retiring first, in order to speak with the bear in his nearby chambers. The Drew, however, sat back down on his bench, continuing to stare into the dying fire, the embers glowing in his clouded eyes. <laughs>